So if you haven't figured out already or haven't heard, Pastor Evan's feeling a little bit under the weather. So he's actually at home right now. He's actually watching the live stream. So if everyone wants to wave hi to the camera. Hi, Pastor Evan, you're missed. <laughs> so he asked me to go ahead and step in on this amazing day of Mother's Day. Where we celebrate the moms that told us, go clean your room. Because I said so. Eat your vegetables or you're not leaving the table. The amazing moms that were strict on us because they loved us. I'm going to ask all the moms right now to go ahead and stand up. Everyone give them a round of applause. Thank you, moms. Woo! Normally at this time is when uh, Pastor Evan goes ahead and does the, if you've been a mom for more than one year, go ahead and, we're not going to do that this time. But we do have an amazing gift for all the moms. Nick worked hard on these. She made earrings, for, er, earrings, right? Earrings for everyone, all the moms. So go, if she has a couple different options. If you're allergic to metal, she has a plastic one available for you guys. So go ahead, moms. Yes, and if your ears aren't pierced, she has pairs of clip-ons as well. So go ahead, moms, raise your hands or stand back up, and we will get you your Mother's Day present. Go ahead, stand up, make it easier for him to see everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much, mothers, for all that you have done for all of us. The sleepless nights, the hard work, many, many amazing meals. Unfortunately, my mom wasn't able to make it today. She's probably watching online either right now or she'll probably be watching later while she's counting offering at uh, the church that she attends. But happy Mother's Day, Mom, if you are watching right now. <laughs> And I have a couple quotes from some pretty big presidents about their moms. Abraham Lincoln is noted for saying, all that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. And George Washington says pretty similar stuff about his mother. My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. Those quotes are probably something that everyone or most people feel about their mothers. Their mothers were a huge part of their life. They helped raise them. They helped shape who they are today. If you guys want to go ahead, open up. We're going to be in 2 Timothy. We're going to be looking at two passages. One, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. And the other is going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And while you guys are turning there, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read a quick story. Three sons left home, went out on their own, and prospered. Getting back together, they discussed the gifts they were able to get, give their elderly mother. The first said, I built a big house for our mother. The second said, I sent her a Mercedes with a driver. The third smiled and said, I've got you both beat. You know how mom enjoys the Bible, and you know how she can't see very well? I sent her a brown parrot that can recite the entire Bible. It took 20 monks in a monastery 12 years to teach him. I had to pledge to contribute $100,000 a year for 10 years, but it was worth it. Mom just has to name the chapter and verse, and the parrot will recite it. Soon thereafter, Mom sent out letters of thanks. 
Milton, she wrote the first son. The house you built is so huge. I live in only one room, but I have to clean the whole house. Marvin, she wrote to another, I am too old to travel. I stay home all the time, so I never use the Mercedes. And the driver is so rude. Dearest Melvin, she wrote to her third son, you were the only son to have the good sense to know what a mother likes. That chicken was delicious. <laughs> so that really has nothing to do with like what we're talking about today. I just thought it was really funny, so I wanted to read it. Um, today we're actually going to be talking about legacy. The legacy that a mother leaves behind. And this could be for current mothers, future mothers, or those dads or guys out there. This doesn't give you a week off to not listen. This could apply to you too. So in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, Paul wrote, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you consistently in my prayers day and night, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I, am, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and love self-control. God, I pray that you use this time, Lord, to speak through me, Lord. I pray that this message does not fall on deaf ears, Lord, but I pray that everyone's heart is ready for this, Lord, and that they get out of this what you have planned for them. In your name we pray. Amen. So in this passage, we are able to see the influence of Timothy's mother and his grandmother on his life. Paul really just straight up calls them out by name. Your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I mean, think about it. This is Paul in the Bible. And he knows exactly who his grandma and his mother were. And calls them out by name to Timothy. And not just that, not only does he call them out by name, but he calls out their faith as sincere. And not just that, he also attributes Timothy's faith to them. Timothy's mother and his grandmother were actually among some of the very first Christians in history. And their faith was extremely, extremely important to them. They took care of what they had, and they made sure that they passed it along onto Timothy. They took time when he was young. They raised him up in the Bible. They raised him up in the teachings. They raised him up in the ways of God. And their influence was because of their obedience to God that we see who Timothy became. And our first point, never underestimate your influence. I mean, if you think about it, if you were Lois and Eunice, when it comes down to that point, you're probably not thinking like, hey, thousands of years down the road, people are going to be reading about me because of my faith. 
anyone in here think about that, think like, yeah, people are going to know about me because of my faith down the road? No. It's not, we don't think about it that way. But the thing is, if we're obedient to God, and for those parents out there, we raise our kids in the Bible, in church, following after God, our influence will be there, and it will be able to be seen. It probably took some time for Timothy's grandma and his mom to actually be able to see the fruits of their influence. Influence isn't necessarily something that happens right away. I mean, we have these influencers that we see on social media and everything where they have these massive followings. But where are they going to be 10, 15, 20 years down the road? They're not really making much of an influence. They might be making an impact right now, but they're not influencing people down the road. There's a difference between impact and influence. Influence is lasting. Influence goes down to the root of a person and changes and shapes who they are. When we look at Jesus' lineage, we actually see two crazy influential women in that lineage. I thought about reading the lineage of Jesus, but let's be honest, those names are sometimes very hard to say and kind of confusing to say. So we're going to be focusing kind of on two people in his lineage. One, the first one was Rahab. Who was Rahab? Well, Rahab was a prostitute. And now you might be thinking, Prostitute in the lineage of Jesus. Jesus' great, 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 whatever grandma was a prostitute? Well, the thing is, is that's who she was at that point in time. But for those of you who might not know the story of Rahab, the Israelites are coming up to the promised land. They send in a couple spies. Rahab then hides the spies. And then... They escape, they take over the promised land. Rahab listened to God, she was obedient, and she hid those Israelite spies. Which then helped the Israelites to take over the promised land, which God promised them. The next one is Ruth. Ruth's story is crazy. What she went through, what Naomi went through. But Ruth was obedient to God and stayed through with Naomi through it all. And ended up eventually becoming the great-grandmother of King David. Ruth 1, 15 through 18. And she said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. This is Naomi talking. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. 
May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. We see, again, the obedience of Ruth. Ruth knew she was not supposed to leave Naomi. Her sister, she left. She was gone. She went home really quick. But Ruth understood the importance of staying with Naomi and staying obedient to God. And because of that, these two women are two of three that are mentioned in the lineage of Jesus in Matthew. Think about that. They made such an influence on their lineage that they were mentioned by name. And normally in that, that point in time, that culture, mentioning like a woman in the lineage wasn't really something they did. But these women were so important, made such an influence on their family, their future generations, that they were called out in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Think about that for a second. They made such an influence that in the lineage of Jesus, the one who died on the cross for us, God himself in flesh, and they made such an influence that they were mentioned by name because they were obedient to God. When I look back at my life, I can think of Tons of times where my mom has made an influence and left her mark on me. One time that always sticks out to me is when I was little, I had a paper route. And for those of you who don't know my history as a kid, I was a menace. I was a horrible kid. I disobeyed my parents left and right. They would try finding ways of disciplining me, and I would find ways of enjoying it. Like, I was, I was a horrible kid, and I am sorry for all that. They would try everything. They would try spanking me. It wouldn't work. They would try putting me in a corner. I would enjoy being alone, sending me to my room. I would find something fun to do. They even tried making me pay money every time I messed up, and I didn't care. I was a horrible, horrible kid. And when I was in elementary and middle school, I had a paper route. It was my older sister's route. She kind of got older, so she just let it go, and I took it over. Every Sunday morning, and I think it was Thursday afternoon, we would have papers, a stack of newspapers dropped off on our porch. And I would like to say I did, but it was mostly my mom. So I'll say we. We put the papers together, put the inserts in the papers where they're supposed to go. And then depending on the weather, if it was raining, we had like these plastic bags we'd stick the paper in or we'd put a rubber band around them. And I would get in my mom's van and we would drive through the neighborhood and we'd drop it off at everything. At all the places, all the houses that we were supposed to drop them off at. And I had this paper route for years. And I didn't recognize all that my mom did. I didn't recognize everything. I didn't thank her. I just kind of went through it, and that was it. Well, one day, my mom had enough of it. And she was like, you know what? You've never thanked me. You don't appreciate this. And I know in her head she's thinking, you're going to learn from this. I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm going to make you better. It's the tough love that a mom gives. And she said, you're on your own for this paper out now. I'm not driving you. 
She taught me how to appreciate the help that people give. She taught me, taught me to recognize the sacrifice that other people make. And that lesson has stuck with me since that day. That lesson has helped to shape me into who I am today. My mom had a huge influence on me then to shape my personality, how I work, my work ethic, everything about me, my mom helped to shape. She had influence on me. And one of the ways that she also was able to do that is by raising me in the Bible and in the church. And that brings us to our next point, raise your children or your grandchildren in the Bible. We skip forward to chapter 3 in 2 Timothy, starting in verse 14. But as for you, continue what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how your childhood, and from how from your childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching and reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul is confirming within Timothy what he was taught when he was little. How many of you know that children are very easily shaped and molded. Their younger years are very influential in how they grow up and who they turn out to be. And we see right here that Paul is recognizing the influence that his mother and his grandmother, that Timothy's mother and grandmother had on Timothy. And the importance of what it was. In verses 16 and 17, again, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. This is the one couple we don't like for reproof and correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. When I was in middle school, I remember sitting out in the hallway waiting for a class to open up, I think it was after lunch, teacher wasn't there yet, and me and another guy started getting an argument, I cussed at the guy, and he hit me, we both got suspended, I got home, and my mom had a list of verses that I had to write out many times, all to deal with foul language. She knew the importance of the scripture and what it said and knew that it wasn't too late. I was still young. I could still be molded. I could still understand the importance of the scripture. And she drilled scripture into my head. Why? Because the scripture is truth. The scripture is not just something that's made up and written down on papers thousands of years ago. The scripture is God-breathed. It is word of God. It is powerful. And like I said, it's truth. It's what we need to base and live our lives on. 
Another thing I remember is when I was little, I was in junior Bible quiz. You guys have probably heard Pastor Evan talk about teen Bible quiz before where they would memorize a bunch of scripture and they'd have to recite it. And I didn't make it that far. I just did uh, junior Bible quiz. So for that one, what it was is we had like all these pages and pages and pages of questions, questions and answers. And we would all sit at a long table and the judges would be there and we'd have a buzzer in front of us. And they would start reading the question and we'd buzz in and answer it. And I remember every night before I went to bed, my parents or my mom would be there and we'd be going through the questions, question after question after question after question, drilling them into my head. Because the thing with JBQ is you can buzz in early. And if you buzzed in early before the question was finished being read, you had to finish the question and then you'd answer the question. So you would start learning looking for different keywords in the question, different stuff like that. And one of the ones that always sticks with me, who was the oldest man in the Bible and how long did he live? Does anyone know the answer to that question? Methuselah and how long? 969. And the thing with that question, within two words, who was? The was was the key word right there in the question. As soon as you heard that, buzz in. Because there was only one question that was who was, and that was it. And then you would buzz in, you would answer, and after you got so many answers right, you would then quiz out. My mom and my parents drilled these questions into me so much, I would quiz out basically every time we were competing. I think it was like you answered seven questions right, and then they kicked you out, and you're like, Go sit down. And someone else replaced you. But my parents, they drilled this into me. They drilled the Bible, not just with when I messed up with scripture. They drilled it when I was little with knowledge, with trivia about the Bible. Because, I mean, you might not think of it as being much then. But if you raise your kids from a young age, treasuring and valuing what is in the Bible, they hold on to that for years and years to come. You start creating that legacy of the importance of Scripture. I was always in the church. If the church doors were open, we were there. Sunday mornings for Bible study. And then after that, we had Sunday services. And then we'd go home for a couple hours. And then we'd have Sunday night service. And then we had Royal Rangers or Missionettes on Wednesday nights. And then when I got older, we had youth group. We almost lived in the church. Church was not something that was optional. It was not something that we could choose to skip. If the church was open, we were there. Because they understood the importance of being in the church. Is there something magical about the building and the church? No. But the thing is, if you prioritize God, even if it is just being in church, you're showing the importance of that devotion and that relationship with God. Church is more than just the building. It's about that relationship. And my parents instilled that in me from a young age. When you raise your children in the Bible and in the church, 
they start to understand that God isn't just something that fills time. Instead, he is a priority, and then God starts shaping them into who he wants them to be and fulfills his plan for them. And as the worship team comes back up, a legacy is not something, like I said, that you see right away. A legacy takes time and time to build. Influence starts small and then will become a legacy. And that legacy that you leave behind will depend on your obedience to God and the emphasis and the importance on the truth of the word, on the truth of the Bible and on God. My mom had a huge impact in who I am today and why I am who I am today. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be where I am. My parents made some hard choices to make sure put that emphasis and that sacrifice for God into me. I remember when I was growing up, I loved to play soccer. I went to a training camp in the summer. I don't know if you guys know who Waza are, but they're like one of the top soccer clubs in the nation, or at least at the time they were. I don't know if they still are now. I went to one of their training camps and after, at the end of the training camp, the head guy over Waza came up to my parents and said, I want your son on my team. I want him to play for me. And my parents talked it over. They looked at it, and they're like, you know what? This isn't going to be good for him. The amount of travel that's going to happen, the amount of time that he's going to be out of the church is not going to be good for him. And they made that tough decision and said, you know what? No. We're not going to be able to do this because if we make that sacrifice and push church off to the side, he might push church off to the side later on. He might turn away from God and not make that sacrifice for God. So sometimes this legacy, sometimes the decisions that you make are not always easy. It probably wasn't easy Necessarily for God to send his son to the earth, knowing all the torture, all the pain, and everything that Jesus was going to have to go through. But he loved us, his children, so much that he made that sacrifice for us. My parents knew that their discipline might not have been always easy for me. Their choices I might not have always agreed with, but they knew that that would create a legacy of the importance of God in my life. So you need to think about these things and put them into practice. What is your legacy going to be? Is it going to be one of those like Rahab and Ruth that gets you in the lineage of God, called out the lineage of Jesus? Or is your legacy going to fall by the side of the road? When you focus on God, you make, you're obedient to God, and you emphasize the importance of Scripture, of church, of the Bible, of 
God, of Jesus, that legacy will be more than you could ever imagine. Parents' jobs aren't easy. easy. A mother's job is definitely not easy. And we don't always recognize how much you mothers sacrifice for us. In the background when we're at school and you're working hard if you're a stay-at-home mom and cleaning and cooking and doing everything around the house plus more. Or if you're working, you're working a job while trying to be a mother and doing everything else. It's not an easy job. And we thank you, mothers, for everything that you do, all the sacrifices you make. Just make sure that that legacy, all that work that you're doing, is pointing towards God. When everything you do points towards God, what you leave behind won't have any questions, any doubts. What you leave behind is going to be great. What you leave behind is going to make an impact. It's going to shape your kids, or even if you don't have kids, it will shape those that you interact with. If you don't have any kids and you put this into your life and into practice with other people you interact with, it's going to shape them little by little. You can see this influence of just living and valuing scripture. I didn't have this in my notes, but when we lived in Texas, I worked at a dealership. My boss was, I was a lube tech, so I did like oil changes, stuff like that. And the head guy over me in the lube rack was not a Christian by any means. He was rough. He was a biker. He was involved in biker gangs before, all that kind of stuff. But he knew how much I valued God. He saw it in my life. We moved away. We came back a year later. And one of the first things he said to me is, hey, I started going to church. I saw who you were. I saw what God did through you. And it impacted me. And I'm going back to church now. I did not see that coming. I would never have thought that that would have happened. But it goes to show that even if you don't have kids, like I said, if you put these things into practice, it will impact those around you. It can leave a legacy. And your legacy is important. So as we go ahead and sing this song again, I strongly encourage you guys, ask God to get you on that right path and to establish your legacy. Ask God to put that importance of the scripture into your heart and for you to value it and value your relationship with God over anything else. Because when you do that, God will use you, he will use your children, your grandchildren, and those around you in amazing, amazing